You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. It's the Score North Twin Show. Kind of felt like one of the quieter deadlines. We had some clear buy side, our buy side conversations with teams that said we might be interested in doing a deal like that. We just need to see what happens over the course of the next four to five days. And then what ultimately happened over those four to five days was things changed. You know, dynamic the dynamics changed in their in their situation. And then ultimately that led to hey, we're not going to ultimately move that player. So there were a lot of players we talked about that uh, were, were not moved during this deadline that were part of the conversation uh, that we thought were might be fits for us. But ultimately, we landed where we did because uh, there wasn't something that, that crossed the bar in terms of what we were looking for. Welcome in. Welcome into the Scorn Earth Twin Show here. Uh, this is our trade deadline recap episode of the Scornar Twin Show, where we recap what the Twins did at the at the trade deadline. Who wants to go first? This is like when the St. Saint Paul Saints would do the uh, "Hey, come meet today's you know MLB Hall of Fame inductions uh, members," and there's no one that got inducted that year into the Hall of Fame. It's just an empty <laughs> table that just has a that just has a piece of paper on it. That's I'm just going to take a nap until we, we actually get to, to our next show because, uh, y- okay. you know, with the Twins activity, it was just incredible. Yeah, you should rest up for Judd's camp notes on Purple Daily here. Save your, Thank you very much, yes. Save your energy. Save your energy just like, you know, the Twins front office did. And I know that uh, there's a lot of different schools of thought, and we'll go through some of this. We'll do an immaculate grid here. But uh, this is the Scornar Twin Show where we just want the Twins to win a playoff game for the first time in almost 20 years. And they now have a two-game lead. And a fifty-three magic number, so we've we've uh, we've we're making progress here. I know that it's not been the ideal season so far, but it's all in front of them, Judd. It's all in front of them. The twenty-six guys in that clubhouse, they can be the first clubhouse to win a playoff game since two thousand four. All right, let's focus. Eyes on the prize here. What needs to happen? Well, first of all, I think it <laughs> happened. The trade deadline was great if if you're a Twins you're so fan. So disgusted by any conversation and about our, the playoffs, I love it. The trade deadline was fantastic if you're a Twins fan, or heck, if you're the Twins, because you actually were gifted this. Cleveland traded their ace, Aaron Savali. Cleveland traded Josh Bell yesterday. So Cleveland is clearly saying we want no part. Like they are, you are literally being gifted the division. Yeah, it's, if like you a, it's like a race or like an indie race, and the other yeah. cars have said, you know what, we're just going to hang out in the yes. pit area here. Why don't you yes. just run around the track? So here's what I've been giving thought to since uh, the, the Twins did nothing, which, by the way, I'm fine with. I I would have probably traded Gray, Sonny Gray myself, or Kepler, but they didn't. But they also didn't trade prospects at all. So they did nothing to improve themselves. And here's what I'm trying to figure, because I think it's where the conversation goes, but we obviously can't get inside the head of Derek Falvey or the Twins Brass. But 
their contention, and they sort of made this clear right or wrong about three weeks ago or so, was that we have what we need in this clubhouse to win the division, which probably isn't wrong to win the division because the division's so bad. But is this a sign, is this a show of confidence that that what Falvey's been saying for three weeks now, which is you have to get this turned around yourselves, or is this just a sign of disgust of, well, you didn't, you know, you got swept by the Royals. You don't deserve help. If you can win it, that's fine. But I'm not going to actually go into our cupboard of prospects to help you guys out when you have, you know, peed down your pant leg so badly. Yeah. Either way, though, I do like the fact that they didn't make any moves to short term try to supplement things because I don't think this team is worth that. All right, Dex. Uh, I think you made a mistake not getting some type of help in the bullpen. Um, you can find these guys all over the place, and I thought that they kind of dropped the ball on not getting someone. Now, you know, if we're taking Falvey's words um, at, at, at face value, maybe the prices for these guys became ridiculous at the deadline. Maybe it was they were asking for top 10 prospects. I don't believe that was the case. But if you could have found a solid middle-inning reliever, a solid high-leverage guy, uh, for your, I don't know, 12th to 15th best prospect, you could have signed me up for that. I would have taken that chance. Outside of that, if the bats were too expensive and if Royce Lewis is going to be coming back from injury and Alex Kirloff's injury isn't too serious, okay, this is the squad they're going to roll with. I mean, everyone, even from Vegas' side, is basically saying the Twins are going to run away with this division. Even the money line on their divisional odds in the last 24 hours has gone from minus 300 to minus 370. And Cleveland's improbability has gone from plus 200 to plus 270. So basically, yeah. in percentage terms, the Twins have about an 80% chance to win this division. Cleveland's under 30%. It's being gifted to the Twins. So yes, I would have liked to seeing a reliever go go after and get at the trade deadline. But I'm also not completely fuming out, out of my head that they did not make a single move either. Yeah, I think the heart... Now, you make a case for, you know, even though your cupboards are sort of bare from a prospect perspective... Was there somebody between 10 and 15 that you could have traded for a, a rental? You know, and, and we could debate whether that even moves the needle or not for your playoff chances. But if we're talking about a big right-handed bat or we're talking about a more impactful reliever that's like you know, second in line to Duran, the problem with trading from your current prospect pool is you've already done so much of that the last two or three years. You look at, okay, what do we have here? We got five hours left until the trade deadline. What assets do we have in our top 10 prospect pool that other teams would want for Paul Goldschmidt or that other teams would want for, you know, whatever, name your impact bat, right? Like Cody Bellinger or something, although the Cubs Cubs didn't trade him, right? And they and they kind of said a couple days Correct. beforehand they weren't going to. But, okay, Brooks Lee. Let's start with Brooks Lee. Well, Brooks Lee is like, he's kind of all that's left in terms of cornerstone caliber players, so you better be damn sure what you're getting back if you're going to trade. Now, if you had three or four other guys that were studs, like the Orioles organization or somebody else, okay, maybe maybe you go for it. Matt Walner has emerged into one of your top five prospect slots. Well, he's one of your three best hitters right now. Like you're, You need Matt Walner and you need Royce Lewis to come back to go do damage in two months from now. And everyone else on that top ten list is either underachieving greatly or injured or some combination of the two and so okay what about the flip side what about like sort of what Jub was saying which is you know what screw this if you're going to make any moves trade Sonny Gray trade Kenta Maeda and get some future pieces back in return 
And, you know, maybe teams are looking at Sonny Gray's last five or six starts and the numbers are going sideways. Kenta Maeda's 35 years old. You know, no one's going to give up anything of significant value. But then, but then the question comes into play, could you have gotten anything for one of those two guys and then just elevated Dallas Keuchel, who's, whose metrics are up? He dominated AAA. Like, what was the point of that experiment if you weren't going to bring him onto your major league roster at some point? So I understand why they were quiet, but I also have some nits to pick with their process, and I'm wondering what was the point of the Dallas Keuchel thing? Like, why bring, why bring him in, watch him dominate, watch his, like, metrics and velocity be up a tick, and then not use him in some way to fill a spot by, by trading someone, right? So I don't know. It just, it just screams of, like, what are you guys doing once again for, like, the third straight season? So Keiko must have been brought in because there there was at least an outside chance because he could have opted out like a week and a half ago and, and then obviously August 1st, but which he did. Keiko must have been brought in with the view of we might trade Sonny Gray is my guess. And that's why he didn't opt out the first time because he, he was dominating pretty much right off the bat. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, I don't know. I would have, I really would have liked to seen them move some current guys off their roster but I think more importantly they didn't fall into to the trap of a short-term fix and did you guys hear I don't know if this came from inside information but it was but he said it with um with confidence did you guys hear the conversation between Bramer and Smalley on the Cardinals twins game last night about Tiasco Hernandez and the fact I did not that, hear that one no okay they ba- they basically said and and I just the way that they said it it's like that they were told this I would guess by Falvey but the way that they said it, they said you could have gotten him, but if you wanted him, it would have cost you Royce Lewis. So, like, if that's the price tag, I'm not doing that. No. No. So, I would rather. My biggest thing was just stand pat. Yeah. My second thing was it would be nice to to start replenishing your system if you do trade a guy like Gray. But you know what this comes back to too is this. That trade deadline a year ago was a disaster in every way, shape, and form. It didn't work. You missed the playoffs completely. And what did you get? And then, more importantly, what did you give up? So, like, like you know, forget the forget the Rodgers trade to the Padres at the start of the season. I'm just talking about that deadline. Yeah. That deadline is an unmitigated disaster that makes it very difficult, then, I think, to turn around at the next – deadline when you really have sort of a similar situation developing i mean are you going to take away from this the system again and what i mean at that point too and it's the twins they're pretty arrogant so i might be wrong here but i would also think that if you're falvey just privately at least you got to question yourself a little bit you think he's a little gun shy well, you've been trading for guys who are hurt like the mally tra- i can't tell you how bad you know that reds trade is just awful. Like you, well, you got, guys you, liked it at the time. Well, you we got, didn't uh, unfortunately have the uh, the medical PDF. Yes, scanned exactly. Email to us, but exactly. But and and you know what? If that had been the only time he traded for an injured arm, I'd be like, okay, too bad, really bad trade. But no. it's going to happen. But I mean, that just you know, Phil and Dex, that just went down the path of sort of reaffirming that he's done that. I think three times. Well, I, I actually have a list of so by my calculation here, this so this is the seventh trade deadline that Derek Falvey and 
than this iteration of the front office has overseen. So, two, so 2017 was the first year. So 17, 18, 19, 20, it's four, 21. Yeah, so this is the, the seventh year. And I believe they've been in position to win the division five times in seven seasons. So I'm I'm not counting 2018. 2018 was kind of a disaster, right? What was 2018? Yeah, it was the Lomo. That was the year they fired Molitor, right? Uh, yes, Molitor came back. They had Lomo. They traded Lance Lynn at the deadline. They traded um, Escobar and got Duran, which actually was a pretty good trade for them. But in yeah, they, they, so were, they, they sold. They yeah, they sold. were sold. They, they yep. were not good in 2018. They weren't contending. Yeah, yep. so... So tw- well, so and I, I'm kind of so here's I'm counting these five seasons as in position to win the division. I am counting okay. 2017 because mm-hmm. a week before the deadline they were they were a half game back, and that's when they acquired uh, Jaime Garcia, and then they lost a bunch of games. And by the time the deadline rolled around, they were like six or seven games back. But they were like that week they were within striking distance. They did decide to sell off, which we all agree. You know what? That's probably understandable in that situation. And then of course the clubhouse got pissed. And then won a bunch of games. They went like twenty and nine in August, and they went to the wild card game. So 2017, they sold off. 2019, they were in position to win the division by a lot because it was the Bomba Squad. They were a hundred win team. Just need some pitching, right? Greatest power hitting team in Major League history. And they traded for injured Sam Dyson, and I would say effective, but not like, you know. Not uh, outcome-altering Sergio Romo, right? Yeah, he's not. He wasn't going to, like, take you to the World Series. 2020, it was a weird pandemic year, but teams were still making some trades, so they moved the trade deadline to, like, a month later, and um, the Twins made no moves in 2020. They were just like, yeah, it's a pandemic year. It's kind of weird. Let's just not make a move, right? 2021, they were 20 games back at the deadline, so they didn't. They didn't make a move to add. 2022, you already talked about it. They tried really hard, but it wound up being one of the worst trades in franchise history, like the worst three trades. And then this year, they make no moves. So the the five times they've been in position to win the division in seven years, they haven't added any actual value outside of maybe Sergio Romo. <laughs> Sorry. Right? Like, am I missing you know, something? No, I agree, but it's just like when <laughs> when you have to reach for, well, Sergio, and you're not wrong, I just, it's... it's He was pretty good. He was pretty good. It's sadly fun. Funny. Yeah, but it's sadly funny. Like, that's the, that's the acquisition that we look back on and say, and you're literally saying, at least he wasn't hurt. Like, that's so, what we're saying. So three times, three times they decided to either not make moves or sell off. And we all agree on the sell-off thing, so I'm not hammering them for that. Right. And two times when they did decide to make moves, they of the five players that they landed, two of the pitchers were actually injured, uh, and then the other three were just sort of like, you know, seventh-inning reliever guys, Jorge Lopez, Michael Fulmer, and Sergio Romo. So that's pretty incredible. Pretty it's incredible. Fr- yeah, well, it's sad. Like, it's sad that you have made – that. It, it's really, really pathetic – that your uh, tenure right now, when you have been in contention for the division, which, by the way, you have been. It's not like you aren't. Uh, it comes back to the Sergio Romo trade pretty much worked out. That's a really, really sad indictment. But, again, this division right now is so bad, and Cleveland bailing, there's just I, – I will say this. If the – Choices were trade a few prospects for 
for the equivalent in 2023 of Sergio Romo or just sit this thing out and allow n- nature to take its course, which, by the way, again, could could lead you to the playoffs, I'll take door two right now. Yeah. So what do you think now? We'll do an immaculate grid here to you know end this thing hopefully on a high note. But what do you think their fate is in two months? October. What, okay. what do you think? Do you think do they win the division? Do they finally win a playoff game? Declan, what do you what do you think their fate is now that they've decided? All right, it's you guys in that clubhouse. Go figure it out. I mean, they're in position to be in the playoffs. They're in position to host a playoff game, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a they have as good of a chance to end their playoff streak for like the first time since 2020. Um, and I think they can do it. I think they can win a playoff game. And that is my bar. I understand that I will probably come on the show after they win the playoff game and expect them to have higher expectations. But you know what? I'm, I'm, please track mark this and bookmark it because that is my goal. Win a playoff game. After everything else, I am okay. You could lose the next three and the season's over and you're back on the golf course and you're in off-season mode. That's fine to me. Just win a playoff game and everything else will take care of itself. I think they are in position to do that for the first time in 20 years. All right. They should win the division, but I'm going to tell you right now, I don't trust them. Duran has started to struggle. It gave up a home run up 3-1, and it, w- it was a solo shot, which is good. Made it 3-2 last night. This team loves to sh- shoot itself in the foot. This team was given a gift last night, and I 1,000% tell you they're going to ignore it completely, and I hope it bites them in the ass. Jorge Polanco put on a clinic at third base last night of why you can't just move a guy, probably especially in the big leagues, to a different position and expect it to work. Julian, who I love his bat, especially against right-handed pitching, is a liability at second. But if you watched the game last night, let's go through Jorge Polanco's night at third base. A shot to, to third, it's called the hot corner, kicked off his glove. Okay? That's problematic. He made a throw to first base that was so bad, it went down the right field line, and Walker ended up on third base with the score one, I think it was one nothing at the time, and was only out because he missed first base and was called out, which is the Cardinals' season in a nutshell. And then let's talk about the last one, and this is the one that's going to cost you your playoff game, okay? Jorge Polanco at third base. Two outs, single to left. Matt Waldner, who, by the way, has a cannon, comes up throwing. And he has a very good chance to get the guy at the plate. And Polanco cuts the throw because he doesn't know better. Because that's really his job. Like, he's not, not, he's not ignoring his job, but he had no feel because he doesn't play third base. So he cuts the throw. And he gets the out at third. Well, that's great because a, a guy was trying to go second, third. That's fantastic, except for the except the run scored. And if I went back and watched it, and I don't blame him, Ryan Jeffers spiked his helmet. Ryan Jeffers was so pissed off because the throw was coming through, and it was a great throw. And this is the type of small play that costs you a playoff game. But this is why you. This is why it's, if if you give him the whole off season, Polanco would be a good third baseman. If you gave him, oh, yeah. his, all of spring training, no stuff, problem. But you're literally Absolutely. asking him to do it. Absolutely. One week notice. I'm not faulting him, first of all. Okay. I'm I'm not saying he he sucks. I agree with everything that you just said. But my point is the arrogance of this team and the fact that they don't pay attention to things like this, like that was reason to say we have to rethink this. 
I, I hate this whole thing, and it goes back to Maurer playing first, and eventually he did become a productive, good first baseman. But Joe Maurer, who's probably as gifted of athlete as we have seen, like just as far as the God gifted, um, struggled there because you know what? You can't just put a guy there. He needs work to Phil's point. He needs spring training. He needs a fair shake. But, you know, so now you've got Julian at second and Polanco at third. Two-fourths of your infield is a potential gong show. And this is the type of thing I want the Twins to pay attention to and say, oh, 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 I'm glad we learned that. But they won't. So I have no faith. I think that they have a decent chance to actually screw themselves out of the division. I don't know how it should be an impossibility, but I have no faith in this team. They're going to win the division with about 85 wins, and they will win a playoff game for the first time in 18 You know what's going to happen? They're going to be on track. It's going to be a tight game because starting pitching's good. It's going to be a tight Why? game, and there's going to and there's going to be a bullet to left field. And for the second time in about the last three playoff games, Jorge Polanco is going to crap down their chances. Do you remember the throw against Houston? Good, but in a, perfect, in a perfect world, Polanco's not going to be at third base in game one in a playoff game. Royce Lewis is going to be at third base. That's, 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 the, a, that's the ideal situation. Yeah, right. Polanco at Julie, second and yeah, Julian at DH. Julie, there you go. Julian oh, should be DHing. A hundred percent. Uh-uh. Here it is. Royce Lewis in the outfield. Polanco at third. Oh, Julian at second. So Buxton can DH. Declan, you're right. Phil, you're right. That's my point. They don't think any of this through. If you put the three, if, if the three jokers on this show took over tomorrow, we would position themselves better to that. win a playoff game I than they will. That. Oh yeah, we would. Yeah, we would because we wouldn't do stupid things. Hundred well, we'll percent. I'm really Phil. looking forward to the next two months of the Scar Twin Show, where Judge just absolutely takes a dump on Jorge Polanco at third base. It's not his fault. I, but no, but please you hear me. Win a playoff game. You spent six minutes on Polanco's defense at third base. <laughs> Did you see last night? Did you see through the and ball? Yeah, it, was a bad, it was a bad game. It was a bad game at third. It was just hilarious. It's and not Phil, a bad game. Phil it's asked, a precursor. Phil asked a pretty black and white question. And you yeah, go all the way to left. <laughs> this is the Score North Twin Show. People come here for the truth, not Pollyanna. They come oh, here for a God. breakdown. Do you get this on BSN? No. Uh, we need yeah, we need, uh, we need Judd to hijack Valley Sports North. God, I'd point. love to be on there just once. Me and Lodge. By the way, by the way, gentlemen. Uh, people don't just come here for the baseball banter. They come here, hopefully, for the burger <laughs> recommendations. We have a brand new partner here mm. on Score North. Welcome, Burger Press in Edina, just off 494 oh. in France. Dude, those are Nathan's hot dogs. Oh, we had a glorious lunch experience there a few weeks back. Uh, some of the best burgers you're going to find. Look at the cheese melting off that. There's, uh, there's the Score North crew with the crinkle-cut fries, too. Don't sleep on the crinkle cut fries, right? So true. It's always so an, true. an underrated option. Um, so you're going to find some of the most incredibly unique and great burgers in the Twin Cities. And by the way, uh, this is an owned and operated Minnesota company here, too. This is an independent burger shop. They've got all kinds of great food. They are huge Minnesota sports fans and supporters of Score North. So check them out. Uh, burger Press, just off 494 and France Avenue. In Edina. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com.
It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Gentlemen, five minutes on the clock. It's time for the Immaculate Grid Challenge here on the Scorner Twin Show. And just to over-explain it, you're going to see sort of a baseball tic-tac-toe grid. You're going to see nine squares. We need to go nine for nine. Any incorrect guess means we cannot achieve the Immaculate Grid. So we're looking to match in the top left square here for the YouTube audience. A royal who was a pirate at some point. A pirate who was a marlin. And then a pirate who drove in 100 runs at some point in a season. We're looking for a ranger who was a royal. A ranger who was a marlin. And then a ranger who drove in 100 runs in a season at one point. And an oriole who was a royal. An oriole who was a marlin. And an oriole who drove in 100 runs in a season. Five minutes on the clock. We're all collaborating as a team. Here we go. You want to do the RBIs first, just to knock it out? Sure. Or, sure. And we can go uh, as rare as you guys want to. But For a Ranger, how about Juan Gonzalez? Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Juan Gon. Is that obscure enough? Juan Gonzalez? 16%. For a, for a Pirate, oh, we could go um, We could go Bonds, which is not obscure. We, we could go w- Willie Stargell, who's old school. There you go. Andy Van Slyke ever driving 100? That I don't know. He was a good player, though. I did like Andy Van Stargell. Slyke. Hit a Stargell. Stargell? Yep, yep, yep. You got it right. Judd seems pretty confident. Okay. Ah, 17%. Crush I'm Davis. Anything under 100 rarity score is good. Uh, Chris Davis from recent Chris Davis. Yeah. Um, I don't know school. if Machado did it. Um, Albert Bell? Ooh. He must have Did he do it there? I think he did. I think he won an MVP, didn't he, with the Orioles? Oh, I don't remember that. I'm not super confident, but I'm pretty yeah. sure Albert Bell did it. Brady Anderson, yeah. when he hit uh, when he hit 51 dingers, did yep. he drive in 100 that year? Just miraculous. Should we do Brady he had Anderson? To have. He had to have. Brady How do you Anderson? hit 51 dingers and not drive in 100? It has to be, yes. All right. Good with it? Yep. I don't know. Yeah, 7%. <sighs> Nice. Yeah, yeah. you go. can't. You cannot hit fifty dingers. He was a leadoff hitter, though, wasn't yeah, it, it's, he? Yeah, and it, it's just amazing how strong he got. All right, I mean, just miraculously uh, strong. A pirate Let's keep going. royal. Yeah. Uh, how about Carlos? Uh, Liriano? No. How about Carlos Justin Santana? Cam. Sure. He, he played for both, right? Yep. Pretty yeah, sure. He just played for the Pirates. He just got traded to the Brewers. Okay. Thirty-eight yeah. percent. It's a little high, but he's current. That's why. Um, I hate when they do the Marlins. I hate new teams. Uh, Mar- or newer Marte? Teams. Starling Marte? Starling Marte. Yeah. That's going to be a high one, too, isn't it? It's okay. 26. It's okay. That's not too bad. Okay. That's Texas, Kansas City. Did Chris Young play for both teams? The, the current GM uh, of Oh, the tall the pitchers? Yeah, yeah, he, def- he definitely played right. for He definitely played for Kansas City. I so remember. you're going to see two Chris Youngs on here. We want the... Shoot, which one? There's an 06 to 18 uh, and an 04 to 17. That is not helpful at can all. Can I real quick? I'm I'm just gonna just we're not I'm not cheating. I'm literally gonna look up Chris Young to see. All right, because we don't want to get screwed on. They need more details. One of them I think is it was, Chris B. Young. I I think it was 06 to. I'm I'm not saying to pull the trigger here. I think it's the 06 to 18. I think Chris Young the, the out, pitcher no, had, the, had a long. The, out, the outfielder started in 06. Okay. Okay. So, oh so oh, the, oh it's four. I'm sorry. It's pitcher. not 14. That's 04. Yep. Yep. Okay. My bad. I I saw fourteen. Three percent. Good stuff. Good stuff. There we go. Okay. All right. All right. Two, All right. two minutes and twenty seconds left. We're doing pretty well here. We need three squares left. An Oriole who was a Royal. Royal. A Marlin who was a Ranger or a Marlin okay. who was an Oriole. Boy, now we're getting kind of. Oh boy. Yeah. 
So let's go after the Royal. And- oh, uh, Jeff Jeff Conine for uh, Marlin, who was an Oriole, right? You're right. Jeff Conine, didn't he play for both? <clears> I, think you're, I think I think I think Mr. Marlin. Hold on. How do you spell Conine? No. Uh, C-O-N-I-N-E. I see Jeff Connie. Jeff with a J. Yeah, that's Jeff what? Conine, right? Oh, is that Conine? Doesn't that say Conine. Jeff Conine? Yep, I'm yeah. getting my ears yeah. checked and probably my eyes checked next, too. All right, Jeff Conine. Okay. Uh, 22%. That's fine. 22%? That's fine. 22% on Jeff Conine? Uh, you, know, don't, don't, you know what? It's right. People? Let's not look, Let's not be upset. Okay, Royal, who was, was a bird. Oriole, Baltimore Orioles. So pitcher? It has to be a pitcher. So many, I'm sure. God. Um, I'm trying to think of relievers. Did Gil Mesh play for the Birds? Gil Mesh. I don't think, I don't remember Gil Mesh with the Birds. Gil Mesh played for a lot of teams, though. Gil Mesh. Oh, hold on. Is Is there a former twin who bounced around? Yeah. Valencia? Did Valencia play for the Royals? I think he did. My God, did he? (sighs) Ah. I think he might have. Swaggy V played for the Blue Jays. I think he did, dude. I think he did. All right, he was, yeah, he bounced around. Seconds. I know. I think you Let's got do it. it. I think you're right. Yes, point eight. Yeah. Oh yeah. Forty seconds left to get a Marlin who was a Ranger. Oh god. Um. Michael Young, Ian Kinsler, Josh Judd, Hamilton. Did Charlie Hoff pitch for the Rangers? Yes. Charlie Hoff. H O U G H. Yes, yes. Come yes. on, be immaculate. Be yes. immaculate. Yes. 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 One, yes. Time. one time. Yes, yes, yes. 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 Knuckleballer. 135. Yes. That's good. Great work. Wow, dude. Awesome. With 10 seconds oh, to spare here. Pudge would have been the most obvious one. Obviously, we, we oh, got yeah, that red. Oh. But, uh, there we no, go. that's bad. No, Charlie Jeff Jeff way was the most Wow. No, that That's was better, dude. Difficult then. No, but Charlie Huff was a great pull. I love it. Dude, nice job, guys. Nice job. The Immaculate Grid today presented by our friends over at EcoFun Motorsports. It is electric bike season up in here in the Twin Cities. And you can get into a Yamaha, a Bentelli, a Scootstar electric bike. They're all in stock and on sale. Take the, uh, the evil hills out of biking this year with a new electric bike. You can also test ride one at either... EcoFun store, either off 35 in Forest Lake or 35W in Burnsville off County Road 42. And if you go in there, tell them that uh, the Scorner Twin Show sent you in. EcoFunMotorsports.com if you want to snoop around. EcoFunMotorsports.com. All right, we ended on a high note here. Congratulations, nice boys. We'll see you Good next job. week.